Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 418 for Tuesday, the 22nd of September, 2015. Great to have you here. Tonight, we have an exciting product review for you. We're going to be taking a look at the new ET4550 from Epson. It is from their EcoTank line. Uh, you heard us talking about it a little mm -hmm. bit on the show last week, but this is the printer that is doing away with ink cartridges. So stick around and you'll find out all about that on this the season finale of season eight. Wow. Sasha Dermatis, how are you? I am great. Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Spot, the dog-like robot from Google's Boston Dynamics, has passed the test with the Marine Corps. Apple's App Store in China has been infected with malware. A 3D printed windpipe has been used to practice delicate surgery before an operation on a six-year-old girl at London's Great Ormond Street Hospital. Facebook users are being told to steer clear of a scam that promises early access to the dislike button. And Microsoft has built a Linux distro. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 418. Hey, I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Hillary Rumble. Hillary, Hello. how are you? Keeping it real, guys. Yeah. Keeping it real. What's new? Oh, I don't know. Just uh, growing a human. Oh, do tell. I'm growing a human inside of me. So if you're wondering if the camera adds 10 pounds, no, it's just me. <laughs> Well, congratulations, oh, baby you. on board. How yep. far along? About four months now. Wow. Yep. So that's kind of big news. And that is big news. Here we are. World. We're stepping into season nine. Mm -hmm. And I guess, what, January, February time? You we're might not see me. See as a little much. less of Hillary <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, it's true. That's great. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting. It's crazy. Chat room going wild. Good guy. 98 says, congrats, Hillary. Aww, Dreamweaver thanks, 909, gang. same thing. Congratulations Aww. to you and Curtis. And Lyndon, same. Congratulations. Toby, who we haven't seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, where Toby. you been, Toby? Welcome back. Good <laughs> to see you. Virtual high five. Yeah. No, seriously. Hit your screen. Get it. Get it. All right. <laughs> Lots great. to cover tonight. Yes. Lots to cover tonight. Um, interesting fact about Category 5 at this point before we get into our feature. Mm -hmm. uh, we look at the numbers, and as we wrap up Season 8, this has been a time of transition for us. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we adopted this studio, uh, Studio D, at the beginning of Season 8. That was when we moved in. And uh, since then, we've been growing. We've been growing the network. And the numbers are in. Every three seconds, 
of the day. Whoa. Every three seconds of the day, two people somewhere in the world click on one of our shows. What? That is crazy. Isn't that awesome? It's incredible. Uh, You can go to Cat5 Map dot cat five dot tv if you want to see the viewer location map it shows pins for where people are watching from thank you so much for tuning in and making mm-hmm. uh, category five such a popular uh, show with category five technology tv uh, and our network continues to grow as viewership is increasing on the other shows as well um, also uh, big news from nate uk uh, who's joining us i believe in the chat room uh, nate uk has been developing a um, a cody channel an add-on for Cody users for Category 5 TV network. And that has entered stable. So that means it's ready to go. It's ready to deploy. It's ready to add to your Cody installation. So, hey, if you use Cody, get on over to github.com slash cat5tv. You can download that for free. That's thanks to our viewer, Nate UK, who's been doing some programming for us and helping us to grow onto other platforms. Um, That's really great news. And also, I want to say thanks to everyone who has also contributed uh, monetarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Nate UK has found a cool way to donate time. Uh, People who have been able to support us by simply going to uh, our affiliate links. It's a really cool way Mm -hmm. to support Category 5, help us to grow, help us to maintain uh, the the network by paying the bills and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But going through our affiliate links, you're going to purchase things from Amazon or eBay mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, we've got New Egg Canada. Uh, there are a, a whole bunch of um, different shops that you can shop with uh, through our affiliate links. And by doing that, a percentage of your sale actually goes to help Category 5 as a referring, uh, basically for the referral. That's so, so cool. Um, also, if you go to um, category5.tv slash partners slash amazon.php, It's a long roundabout way to get there. You can also click on partners and you'll see the Amazon link for the generator. You can take any Amazon product, paste the link in, Mm -hmm. and it will turn it into a referral link for you so that you can support the show uh, by making that purchase. So if you've already got your eyes on something and you didn't click our link, you can actually go back there and convert it to a referral link as well. So that's cool. That is cool. Shouts out to our viewers all around the world. And as I said, nice to see Toby there. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got uh, Rob Shad also in the uh, chat room. Leland, Life of Pi. Good guy 98, always a pleasure. GWG, nice to have you back during a live show mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and always nice to see Garby. Al Peck, good to see you. <laughs> Al Peck was actually here in the studio in last week. So that life. was pretty cool uh, to get to meet somebody who traveled, uh, I guess, about four hours to get here. Um, and uh, spent uh, the evening in the studio and got to hang out with us. So that was Very pretty cool. Very cool. So thanks for making the trip and nice to see you here mm-hmm. live tonight again. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And you can find more info by visiting cat5.tv slash TPN. And we're a member of the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. For more info, visit cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Hill. I'll peck in the chat room once to clarify. It's actually four and a half hours to get to, the, to, get to Studio D. So and he did for that for trip. us. Wow. You ready to take a look at this thing? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, before we stand up, because I know you're with child, and so, you know, so we'll just we'll take it easy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the Epson Workforce ET4550 uh, Eco Tank is a four-in-one printer. It's got Wi-Fi. It's got Ethernet. Uh, it's got the works. I'm going to try to cover as much as we can cool. tonight. Uh, but basically, it's the latest thing from Epson. 
and I want to share some frightening stats with you. Frightening. I mentioned it last week uh, when a viewer asked a, a question about the EcoTank line. Mm. Um, when, when I think about ink cartridges, uh, you think about the, the K-Cup coffee machines mm -hmm. and how it's this, big sh it's this big spiel right now that it's so bad for the environment because all these things are ending up in the landfill. Mm -hmm. But where we're not putting enough attention is on other products like that that have something that is disposable, that is being thrown in the landfill and is not decomposing. Mm -hmm. um, ink cartridges are the big one. It takes up to about a thousand years, sometimes more depending on the conditions, for a single ink cartridge to biodegrade. Whoa. And as it's doing that, it's leaking chemicals into mm -hmm. the earth uh, from the printer ink itself. Uh, that's within that cartridge as it biodegrades uh, from the uh, metals that are a part of the, the heads of that cartridge. So it's really, really bad for the earth and it takes a long time for it to disappear. And the scary thing is there are about mm. 375 million cartridges per year that are discarded. 70% of those end up in a landfill or in mm. an incinerator, uh, which is another, a whole other ballgame as far yeah. as bad for the environment. <laughs> Um, so it's a, an astronomical number. Like we're talking 375 million, 70% of that going into a landfill and taking a thousand years. So it's got to stop somewhere. And Epson has created this new line of printers called the EcoTank, uh, which I would like to take a look at yeah, and show you what makes it. this so exciting from, let's do it. You know, from an environmental standpoint, but also from, uh, hey, this is a really good quality printer. Whoa. Standpoint as well. See if I can keep my mic on my hip, though. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're good. Golden. So with the ET4550 and the entire line from uh, Epson, the EcoTanks, let's get that out of our way, uh, one of the things that's really amazing, as I was saying uh, about cartridges being disposable, this does not use cartridges at all, mm -hmm. not one iota. And in fact, there is a reservoir here for the four different colors, well, three colors and cool. black. And with each reservoir... One of the things with ink cartridges, you think about a color cartridge, what happens when you run out of yellow ink? My pictures get messed. Your pictures get messed. And if you <laughs> want to keep printing, you have to replace the whole yeah. cartridge. So it doesn't yeah, care true. whether you've still got magenta or cyan. Yeah, it's, true. You've got to replace the whole thing. Mm -hmm. With this, you see that we've actually got all the ports right here. So if, if I'm low on blue ink, I can just open this up and I can pour nice. in some blue ink. And I just do that from the ink bottles that are available for the printer. Love it. So these are just okay. like this. Mm -hmm. So you just pop the cap and they come in a, a sealed container so that they don't go bad on you on the shelf or whatever. So they're, they'll hold for a smart, long time. Very smart design. And these actually come with the printer. So oh. there's enough ink that comes with this printer for probably about two years worth of printing. What? The equivalent of about 50 sets of cartridges. Oh my word. Comes with this. And as you see, it's just this. So as I run out of black ink, I can just pop the cap on the black. Mm -hmm. I can pour some in. This has a handy lid as well, so I can po pop the lid back on that and store it somewhere safe. And then I'm up and printing. So simple. I love it. Main features that I want to just share with you, um, it's the, the ink bottles. Of course, the question is going to come up in the chat room, but just to let you know, it's, it's extremely economical uh, to buy the ink bottles. They come like this. Hmm. 
so it's it's very low cost to to operate. It has duplex printing. It will print both sides automatically. Plus, it's got a thirty sheet sheet feeder at the top. So nice. if you want to scan, make photocopies, or uh, say uh, fax a document that's mm-hmm. several pages long, you can actually put them in here, and it will pull those through onto the flatbed scanner. So we've got Perfect. a nice uh, legal size flatbed scanner here, and that's all automatic as well if you use the sheet feeder. And then it spews them out here, uh, which just makes it very very Ooh. convenient. As I mentioned, it has the built-in wireless and very, very easy to set up. Um, There are good instructions that come with it. I didn't even look at the instructions, to be honest, because it's really intuitive. I just go into Wi-Fi setup. It's got a wizard. It just prompts. It detected my wireless network, Mm. prompted me for the password, and I was connected and up and running. Wow. So what does that give me? Well, I've got the printer is now wireless. So as you can see, I just moved it over here just to be on the set so that you could see it tonight. Um, and it's, and I can print to it. You can put it anywhere in the house, anywhere in the office mm-hmm. if you want to use it for small business use. Um, but also you can print to it from your cell phone. What? So if you've got an Android or okay, I- iOS cool. device, if you've got a tablet or a smartphone, um, even the uh, Amazon Fire tablets, what? you can actually print wirelessly to this printer. Cool. And if you use their app, uh, you can, in fact, print to it through the internet as well. So it doesn't even matter if you're in the same place. You could be halfway around the world, yeah. see something cool, send it to your printer at home, home. <laughs> and it's there. Um, wow. And if you don't have wireless at home, you can actually set the printer up as a kind of a, a hotspot, so to speak. Hmm. Uh, they do have a phrase for it. It's called Wi-Fi Direct. And what it will let you do is, without a wireless network, you can print from your phone, your tablet, mm-hmm. directly to the printer because your phone is actually communicating with the printer directly, Very even cool. without the wireless network. So they've really, really thought it out. Yeah. Um, you can check out more about this printer at cat5.tv slash print. Uh, we're going to be looking in a couple of minutes. I'm going to actually set this up, and we're going to uh, throw yes, a, a test page to the printer and see how it works. Um, it's, like I say, easy to set up. It comes with a two-year warranty uh, if you fill in that warranty card. So uh, that's pretty fantastic. And it works mm. not only on the tablets and everything, but Windows, Mac, Linux. Let's say we take a look at how it works Let's on Linux. Let's do it. I'm loving this. And if you want anything else wow. in the chat room, if you want to see anything about this printer, uh, let us know. Uh, we're going to do some B-roll after the show and show you some of the interface and show you everything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're watching this after the fact, you've already seen that. But Let's, uh, let's throw this onto Linux yeah, because on the side of the it. box, here's one of the things. On the side of the box, it says Windows from XP all the way up to Windows 10 uh, mm. and Mac OS 10, various uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. versions of Mac. What it doesn't say on the box is Linux. Hmm. It must have been a typo. I believe you're right. It must have been a typo. If you go to cat5.tv slash print... And Hillary will be watching the chat room mm-hmm. as well. So if you have questions about the printer as we're doing this live demonstration, yeah, let me know. Uh, please do feel free to ping her. Uh, she's in the chat room as Hillary. Uh, and you can feel free to interrupt me. and, and Certainly. We'll cover that. So head on over to cat5.tv slash print. Looks just like that. Beauty. All right. When you go there, that's going to take you over to our shop. And you'll see the printer right there. Um, By the time you get there, it may have a couple of other ones as well. But look at this. I've got a button there for Get the Linux Drivers. Let's click on it and see what happens. So you'll see that even though this printer on the box, on the website, says Windows and Mac, Mm -hmm. Mac, never it doesn't say Linux anywhere. It really should. (laughs) They do provide the Linux drivers for you. And we're going to walk through how to set this up tonight. You can see I've already gone through just to make sure everything works great. 
So we're going to jump over to Linux drivers for Epson printers and enter our model number. This is the ET-4550 in our case. And you'll notice it's already pre-selected Linux. Let's do a search. Okay, first option is the ET-4550 printer driver for Linux. So I'm going to click on the download there. It shows us all the printers that are compatible. And then I can click on Accept. It gives me the file here. Okay, and this is really the only thing that you need to, uh, to make sure you select correctly. You see this is an RPM package, so that's Red Hat um, derivatives. This is Deb package, so that's Debian derivatives. This is a 64-bit RPM and a 64-bit Deb, and then source packages as well. So because I'm on a Debian derivative, uh, my distribution is Point Linux. It's based on Debian, so I want the Deb package. Mm -hmm. I know that I've got uh, AMD 64. If you're not sure about how to how to know that, I mean, if you installed your own operating system, you probably know that anyways. But you could probably just jump into terminal, type sudo uname a, enter your password, and it'll show you. See that Linux AMD 64 Debian. Deb, so I know that I'm on a Debian derivative and I'm running AMD64, which is the 64-bit version. So that's the file that I want on my Linux system. Epson Inkjet Printer ESCPR 1.5.2 is the version, and then amd64.deb. So I click on Download. It's going to automatically want to open it with GDB Package Manager, uh, which is uh, the installer, which is going to open Deb packages and tell me what it can do. So I didn't have any problems installing this earlier. There were about 24 other packages that needed to be installed. You'll see that it went in just fine. It's asking me if I want to reinstall that. That's because uh, I did this a little bit earlier just to make sure everything was going to go smoothly tonight. Uh, but there will be a button there that says install and a button that tells you about the packages that it's going to deploy as well, which is basically um, mm. the, the back end to be able to install this driver. So that went really well. So the next step is, okay, well, we've got to add our printer. So typically what you would want to do is go system administration, printing, and you see that you don't have a printer and you're going to click on add. Well, that's not how we're going to do it because we're using a printer driver provided for CUPS. I'm going to leave this dialog open, though, so that we can see that this has been successful when it has been successful. Um, but let's jump over to CUPS, which is installed in our system. This is the, the Linux printing uh, system that runs in the background, giving us printer mm -hmm. support. So in order to access that on any Linux system where it's installed, by default is going to be localhost dot, uh, colon 631 and just hit enter. So you just type localhost colon 631, and that is, I'm doing this in Firefox. You can do this in any internet browser, and you'll see I'm in CUPS. 1.5.3. So click on administration and then add a printer and it will ask you for a password. Well, what is my CUPS password? It is my username and password for my Linux computer. So I go and I see, okay, unable to add printer forbidden. Mm. Bam, bam, bam. End of the line, right? I should hope not. It doesn't not. say Linux on the box. What do we do? What do we do? Okay, so we're going to go into administration, and I want to show you users and groups. Go into manage groups, and there is a group here called LP Admin. That's Line Printer Admin. It gives you access to using CUPS as an administrator. Hit properties, and you'll see that my name is not checked off, so that means I am not a member of the group 
on Linux. It's a very secure operating system. So I'm not a member of the group that has the authority to make changes to add this printer to my computer. Let's get around that. Hmm. So I can close out of this dialog. I only open that just to show you. Uh, and we can bring it back up again to, to show you when, once we fixed it. Go into your terminal. Remember, we're doing this on Linux. On Windows, I should say, on Mac, there's a CD that comes with it. You pop it in. You follow mm -hmm. the directions on the screen. And it's up and running within a couple moments. So this, too, is very, very simple. You'll see if you follow the steps, wow, this really is actually simple. <laughs> you just got to know where to look and what to right. do. Um, it's a little less intuitive. And maybe that's why they don't put it on the box, because they don't want to have to support uh, something that is a little bit more hands-on. So in my case, I want to add myself to that group. So what I want to do is go uh, sudo, which is super user do, user mod. So I'm going to modify my user account. And I'm going to say dash A to add dash G to a group. Notice it's a small A, capital G. The group name that I want to add myself to is LP admin. And the username that I'm adding to that is Robbie. Enter my password to make that command happen. It doesn't give me any input, but now if I go back to user settings and I go manage groups and I go down to LP admin and bring up the properties, you'll see my name now has a checkbox and I oh, am now perfect. a member of that group. Okay, so now if I close out of all that, which I only opened for the sake of, of helping you to see. Now I'm back here where I got the error. I'm going to click on administration and I'm going to click on add printer and you'll notice now bum, bada, bum. beauty what? Discovered network printers. There's four of them? Nah, just pick the first one. All it's doing is it's just detecting the different various ways that it can connect. Oh. First one is always fine. If the first one didn't work for you, you can remove it, choose the second one. Because each printer has various ways that you can connect to it. Mm. I'll just select the first one and we'll hope for the best. So I've clicked on that and now I'm going to go continue. Give it a friendly name if you like. Give it a description if you want to share it on your network. I'm just going to use all the defaults and say continue. And now, this is very important, okay? This is the Epson ET4550 printer, so we need to make sure that we select the correct driver. So you notice from this list, now that we've installed the Epson driver, we've got access to everything. So we can just scroll down to the ET4550. And I could type it, I expect. Wow, they got a lot of EPLs. They got a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> oh, oh, and only a few ETs because they are brand new. Brand so there's the ET4550. And then I'm going to go add printer. Notice I don't need to browse for a PPD file because I already installed everything that I need. I'm going to go add printer. And if all goes well, now it's just asking me for my default settings, which I can just leave as is. I'm done. If I go now administration and manage printers, you'll see there's an Epson. ET4550 series printer, and it is sitting in idle mode. Okay, so the moment of truth is to say, okay, well, what happens if I try to print? Yes, let's go back to my printer see. dialog. You'll notice that I now have that printer as part of my installed printers on Linux. I'm going to right-click on it and go Properties and click on Print Test Page. Now, of course, you can go through all the properties here for the printer. Uh, let's see what we have. Grayscale, on or off. We talked about that last week. If you want to conserve the uh, color ink, you can switch to grayscale mode, and then you're not going to be using um, the color uh, ink in order to print black. It will use the black ink. Hmm. Uh, do you want to use duplex printing? Automatically print on both sides. That can be handy if you're printing something that would work better on 
two-sided print. Mm -hmm. uh, and it saves paper again. So, and then your media size, et cetera, et cetera. So all that stuff is a part of the Linux driver. It's good to go. So print test page, let's see what happens. Test page submitted. And if all goes well, Come on. Look at this. One of the things you're going to notice here, it's already feeding paper. It's already printing. There it is. Woo! Print, uh, it gave me an extra page here. It is printing. Oh, out of paper. <laughs> yeah, if Did you're going to you do a demo of a, uh, a printer, you only put one paper in. Put more in than one page in. <laughs> for the test. Yeah. It's all well, it gives good. us a chance to look at the tray anyway. Totally. So yep. Check it out. There's our tray. There it is. But you can see wirelessly now I've sent the signal to uh, to that printer from Linux. That is pretty incredible. There we go. Okay, now print. It says preparing, printing. One of the nice things about this too is that we've got the clear reservoirs over here so we can actually see the levels of the printer ink. Yes, I like that a lot. It's a lot easier than, than guesswork, right? Mm -hmm. So that's printing out just fine. I've got a CUPS test page coming out. What I wanted to say, and I know that we got that hiccup that I only had one page in there, and that was unfortunate, but it doesn't take a long time to warm up. There's no, no warm-up time. No, no. It just Beauty. starts printing. Um, and there you go. Beautiful. Full color. Works on Linux. Um, the Workforce ET4550 is blazingly fast. It delivers rich and saturated colors. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got laser quality text as well, which is impressive for an inkjet. And I love the fact that we're not going through ink cartridges. We're able to top it up as we need to. So even if you've got half levels of blue ink, just top it up. So easy. Top it up. You can see so it right easy. at the side. Uh, there's no drying time as well on the pages, so you don't have to worry about pulling it off the printer mm -hmm. right away. You're not going to get ink on you. You're not going to get. It's not going to smear or anything like that. That is the Epson Workforce ET4550 Eco Tank. It's a four-in-one printer. It's got the Wi-Fi. It also has Ethernet if you want to avoid the uh, wireless mm -hmm. um, using a wireless network. Um, it's got it all. It's got the fax as well. Does, cool. Do people use a fax anymore? Sometimes you got to do, do something with the Honestly, government. Honestly, you still need to use your fax machine sometimes. And sometimes it's tough when you don't have access to one because they are a little harder to come by. So just having it as a part of your printer is kind of a nice that thing. That is nice, with actually. Thirty-page sheet feeder as well. Mm -hmm. So thoughts, comments in the chat room? Has there been any uh, uh, question that I missed? Or? People were just asking initially how to access some. Um, the link for their website, okay, which yeah. is cat5.tv slash print. Um, That'll take you to more information about the printer <laughs> as well as get you that Linux Yeah, driver. yeah, yeah. The drivers that they were also asking for yeah. as well. I have a question, though. How hard is it to set up on a device? To connect uh, your device to it's that? It's really Does easy, it actually. Um, I don't have one that I can demonstrate here on the show. Uh, perhaps when we demo the printer on Try It, Buy It, Sasha will mm -hmm. set it up on your phone and, and show off think we'll show off that feature okay uh, there's a there's an app that you can install on your device uh, from apps and it's called iprint and that gives you the ability to print from your uh, oops sorry sasha uh, we've got sasha there there we go oh. uh, <laughs> we it gives you the ability to print from your from your oh, okay device. so you have to install the app that seems pretty uh, easy. Yeah, uh, but that said, you could also use the email features. You can actually email oh. um, a file or an email to a special secret email address for your printer, mm -hmm. and you just add it to your contact list, and anything that you email to that email address Clever. will automatically come out of your printer. 
That's so there are ways well. around needing to use certain types of devices, right. certain types of apps, um, and you hmm. can you can scan directly to the cloud. Uh, it's cool. a really smart printer, and, and it it's smart. it's current. Like all the feature set that has gone into this mm-hmm. uh, is exactly what you would hope for in a in a modern That's printer. That's so cool. Plus, I love it. No ink cartridges. Taboo. Saving the environment, one print at a time. Saving the environment, saving me money at mm-hmm. the same time. Love it. Great. Can I interrupt to do a birthday shout out for like a bunch of birthdays in the chat room right now? So there's Dreamweaver909. Dreamweaver909, happy birthday. 60 on Sunday. Way to go. Good guy 98 was, it was his birthday yesterday. And Sir Wences is today. All these September babies. Senor Wences, happy birthday. And sorry, who was the, the other... Um, good guy. Good 98. guy. 98. Hey, Spooky happy birthday doodle. to you, too. Lots going on in today. Now, everybody, it's your birthday. Get on over to cat5.tv slash print and get you one of these. That'd be a great gift. Be a great gift for self. <laughs> this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. www.category5.tv is where you'll find us. Mm-hmm. If you've got questions about the Epson uh, Workforce ET4550 EcoTank printers, Make sure you send them our way. Send us an email. How can we do that? Live at category5.tv. Beauty. Ready to head on over to the newsroom? Without further ado. Without. It's Tuesday, September 22nd, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Spot, the dog-like robot from Google's Boston Dynamics, has passed the test with the Marine Corps. Apple's App Store in China has been infected with malware and its official apps like WeChat are distributing the virus. Doctors in London have used a 3D printed model of a little girl's windpipe to make her surgery much easier and safer. Those who like Facebook need to be wary of a new scam that promises early access to the dislike feature. And pigs are flying, fat ladies are singing, and in all seriousness, Microsoft has built a Linux distro. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills. Now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. In a series of drills this week, the Marine Corps tested whether a new four-legged companion had what it takes to work with infantrymen in a a variety of situations. The subject of the tests was Boston Dynamics Spot Robot, a 160-pound hydraulically actuated quadruped, quadruped, I can't say that, four-legged robot, first revealed by the Google subsidiary in February. Spot was brought to the Marine Corps base in Quantico, Virginia, home of the Marine Corps Combat Development Command by a team from DARPA. Controlled wirelessly by a game controller tethered to a laptop computer, a spot robot was put through a number of different terrain conditions and situations, maneuvering through hills, woods, and urban environments. 
The operator can be as far away as 500 meters and doesn't need to be in the line of sight. In an urban combat drill, Spot was sent ahead into a building as a scout ahead of a Marine squad to look for potential threats, a role the Army and Marine Corps might have used working dogs for in the past. Captain James Pinerio, head of the Marine Corps Warfighting war Labs Quantico branch, says, Spot is great and has exceeded the metrics that we've provided. The Marines working with Spot have been very receptive to the new technology, embrace it, and came up with new ideas we couldn't have even dreamed of. This is great because, I mean, we had working dogs for a long time that would work mm. in place of humans, right, to yep. save human lives. And now robots have gotten got far enough ahead like and developed enough that now we're not putting the pressure on the lives of dogs as well. So the resiliency of robots, I mean, they can go into, into different environments that dogs can't go into. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And from an animal, um, you know, not being cruel to animals standpoint, of course, there's the fact that, like you say, well, they used to send real dogs in and everything. But one, they can carry a a pretty heavy load, these Mm -hmm. robots. Um, But also, as you say, they can run into places that are extremely dangerous. You think about volatile environments where, you know, something is coming down or something is uh, is going down. Mm -hmm. And they can go in, scope it out. No doubt they've got HD cameras and they can see first person view what's going on, where they are, see what's going on in the building before they send in real live animals or humans. Mm -hmm. Which is ideal. I mean, I picture something like a Mars rover. Like, I don't know. Like, I just picture them being able to go in and even take samples, like air samples, to see whether or not it's an environment that's been poisoned. Don't see why not. Right? So Mm -hmm. this is a great development. And it's hard to get into the Marine Corps, I hear. So way to go, Spot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Apple's App Store has been infected with Xcode Ghost malware in China. And its distribution is taking place through official apps. Cybersecurity firm Palo Alto Networks, which has analyzed the malware dubbed Xcode Ghost, said the perpetrators would also be able to send fake alerts to infected devices to trick their owners into revealing information. It added they could also read and alter information in compromised devices' clipboards, which would potentially allow them to see logins copied to and from and password management tools. Yeah, it is thought to be the first large-scale attack on Apple's App Store. The hackers created a counterfeit version of Apple software for building iOS apps, which they persuaded developers to download. Apps compiled using the tool allow the attackers to steal data about users and send it to servers that they control. Infected apps include the hugely popular WeChat app, NetEase's music downloading app and Didi Cowdy's Uber-like car hailing app. These are all, I imagine, very popular daily use apps. Some of the affected apps, including the business card scanner CamCard, are also available outside China. Apple spokeswoman Christine Monaghan says we are working with the developers to make sure that they're using the proper version of Xcode to rebuild their apps. Chinese app developers have admitted that they resorted to downloading the painted software kit for developers from unofficial third-party sources because of slow downloading speeds from Apple's official servers located overseas. Many complain the U.S. tech giant should do more to support developers in the company's second biggest market. In response today, 
Apple marketing chief Phil Schiller told the Chinese news site that moving forward, Apple will offer domestic downloads within China of its software for developing apps. The thing that worries me about this is how would you know if it's the Apple App Store, right? You wouldn't know if you were downloading an app. You tend to trust it, don't you? Yeah, Yeah. of course. You kind of think that there's quality control that is monitoring what goes in to the degree that you think anything that you install is safe. But it's kind of an old school attack that they use the compiler, the program that creates apps in order to infiltrate all these apps. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the apps were in the app store and then got infected. No, the people who were developing these apps were using a a non-official version of the software to create apps. And it reminds me of um, a lot of torrent sites and illegal download sites. You'll see things like uh, web templates. Mm. So commercial web templates for WordPress or whatever that you think, oh, well, I could pay for them legitimately through whatever company sells them, or I can download them illegally. Oh, it's only $10. It doesn't hurt anyone. Well, sure it does. But also the person who shared it put some uh, some code in there mm-hmm. to infect and infiltrate and grab your information and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's never safe to use um, stuff that is not from an official source. But you're right, yeah. I mean, a little bit. I mean, the download speeds from... from the standpoint of the people that had downloaded the third party, it was because they said that the download speeds just weren't fast enough. Yeah. Right? Now, I mean, I'm happy that Apple is stepping up and, and making the download speeds more available or easier and faster because it's so easy to let yourself be swayed by something like that. Mm-hmm. So happily, Apple is making it easier to stay legit (laughs) and then keeping us safe all right this is great news Uh, a 3d printed windpipe has been used to practice delicate surgery before an operation on a six-year-old girl at london's great ormond street hospital it meant doctors could pick the correct tools needed to wash her lungs And as a result, katie park from northern ireland needed to spend less time under anesthetic and being ventilated Doctors at the hospital say the technology could also be used to train other doctors. Katie has pulmonary avalar proteinosis, which means grainy deposits build up on the microscopic air sacs in her lungs, making it hard to breathe. Regularly washing the lungs with salt water is the only way to to remove the deposits. During Katie's operation, one of her lungs needed to be ventilated while the other one was cleaned. And normally surgeons waste time on the operating table trying multiple combinations of different sized tubes in order to perform the delicate surgery. The team at the Great Ormond Street Hospital used a CAT scan of Katie to print out a 3D rubber model of Katie's trachea. They could then select the tools that they needed ahead of the operation. Owen Arthurs, a consultant radiologist who organized the study, told the BBC News website, we can look at a 3D reconstruction on a computer, but this takes it into a whole new dimension. Being able to hold it in your hand makes the procedure much easier and safer. This is a really, like another great use of 3D printers. I think that this will catch on in hospitals everywhere because I can't imagine how easy it is to be, I guess, afraid or to be hesitant to go in and do a procedure if you don't know exactly what's going on. 
here you have a 3D trachea printed up. Now you know with confidence where you're going, what tools you're using. Yeah. I mean, you could use it for, you know, other procedures, I'm sure. It's an amazing thought. Um, me in computer programming, I, as, as I go to a customer site, what do I do? I probably spend a couple hours before I go there having already worked out the details of how I'm mm-hmm. going to fix the problem. Um, so I am well armed with the knowledge and ability because I've worked my way through it before even showing up. So the six-year-old kid shows up for surgery. She doesn't have to go through the, the discomfort of them figuring out what to do. They've already been able to do it using a 3D rendered model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, 3D, a 3D rendered model from a CAT scan, which is really... It's like, actually hers. Yeah, and yeah. it's not in, invasive at all to go get a CAT scan, right? So you could really have a, a CAT scan 3D printed image of a brain for a brain surgery or yeah. you know anything. Like conjoined twins could easily mm-hmm. you know, be printed up so that they could figure out how they're going to separate you know any like a myriad of different situations would be so much easier it's amazing amazing i like it a lot facebook users are being told to steer clear of a scam that capitalizes on ceo mark zuckerberg's recent announcement that a dislike dislike button is in the works the dislike feature hasn't rolled out just yet but scammers are said to be taking advantage of the hoopla surrounding the announcement by using the news to help spread malware they haven't, there haven't been any developments with respect to the supposedly imminent feature since Mr. Zuckerberg, Mr. Zuckerberg said earlier this month that Facebook's developers were very close to making a dislike button available to the site's 1 billion users. As the world waits, however, account holders are being asked to avoid clicking on posts that offer false promises of early access to invite, the invite-only feature. Researchers said the only po- the posts are actually part of a scam that collects sensitive info and may be installing malware. So it's coming soon, but do not download the dislike feature yet. Goodness gracious. Okay. Big news. Reports that Microsoft has rolled its own Linux rolled out its own Linux distribution have provoked the kind of disbelief normally reserved for curly-tailed livestock sprouting wings. But the reality is, despite former CEO Steve Ballmer famously describing Linux as a cancer, that Microsoft is more than willing to accommodate the open source operating system when it can see a benefit. Hmm. Azure Cloud Switch is a super specialized ver- version of Linux, according to the Microsoft blog post announcing the product. For a number of years, Microsoft was among the biggest contributors to the Linux kernel, and today one in five of the, running, of the operating systems running on Microsoft's Azure Cloud platform are Linux-based. In part, Microsoft's change of heart has been driven by its customers, as developers and enterprises make an increasing use of open source software. But beyond just Linux, Microsoft seems to be becoming more willing to dabble with open source in general. The firm has open sourced large parts of its .NET development framework, fa- framework, hitched Windows to the popular open source container automation platform Docker, and even hinted it might one day lift the lid on the code that powers Windows. Hmm. There are many practical reasons a large vendor like Microsoft might seek, use, seek to use open source technologies. As outlined in a research paper, Beware of Geeks Bearing Gifts by CSC's Leading Edge Forum. These can include removing barriers to entry into an opponent's market, 
encouraging standardization around that vendor's practices and developing ecosystems that strengthen their position. So while it might be a bit hard to swallow that the proclamation by current Microsoft Chief Satya Nadella says that Microsoft loves Linux, the company certainly is willing to exploit open source software when useful. Robbie, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this? <laughs> it's, it's a sad truth that, I mean, okay, well, Linux is huge in server platforms. So at least Microsoft is making a recognition and saying, okay, yeah, it's great. We're going to adopt Docker and other open technologies and create technologies based on open source that we can use. And it makes sense from a business perspective because they have to be able to keep their business customers satisfied. Microsoft has to change their paradigm, otherwise they're going down. It's plain and simple because people realize now that Linux exists, there are alternatives out there, there are better alternatives out there, and that's why Microsoft is trying to push the envelope, but now they're bringing open technologies into the fold. And I, I think it can be a collaborative effort as long as people, I mean, Canonical really hit the nail on the head with their uh, business model, which is, hey, let's make the software free and let's just charge for support. Mm -hmm. Let's just make it so that this is not a, a software business so much as a support business. And they're very good at support. So mm -hmm. Microsoft maybe could take a similar transition and say, hey, let's Let's give away the software, which mm -hmm. they've talked about, maybe opening up the Microsoft source, the Windows source, and, uh, and make it a service business. So it's an interesting time. Yeah. But times is, times is a change. And certainly remains to be seen how this is going to develop. Big thanks this week to Dream Re Dreamweaver909. And is it Sir Wences or sen Senor? Senor Wences. Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a news story you'd like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thank you so much, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Hillary Rumble. Hillary, tell them how they can get in touch. Oh, there's tons of ways to get in touch. If you want to send us a question, please email it to live... No, yes, live at category5.tv. Sorry, I get confused with my emails. Live at cat... We have so many. Cat5.tv. Category5.tv. Live at Category5.tv. And that's our website. That is our website. And you, you unveiled uh, a confusion that happens in our community, which is because we have Cat5.tv yes, and Category5.tv. So let's just Let's just break talk it about down. this for a second. Category5.tv is our main network website. So that mm -hmm. right now is Category5 Technology TV. Category5.tv. Cat5.tv is our shortened URL yes. for redirects. So cat5.tv slash print for the printer. Right. Cat5.tv slash fly to be able to fly drones, right? It's a redirect system, so it helps you out. And we've got cat5.tv slash pi so that you can check out a Raspberry Pi mini computer like Sasha was building here on the show. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to show you something that we have there now that is... Super cheap and super cool. 
what it is is an HDMI digital mm-hmm. cable that converts HDMI over to DVI. So now your Raspberry Pi that you get through mm-hmm. our shop at, cat, at cat5.tv slash pi, you've got the ability to plug it into a DVI digital monitor. So you could use it just like a computer. Mm. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. I think the next step is really just a, a VESA mount so that you can mount it on the back of the screen and then it's it's really done and done. That's cool. But uh, you can pick that up at cat5.tv slash pi. And as Hillary was saying, if you have any questions for us, email us live at category5.tv. We love getting your questions mm-hmm. and we do our best to... Uh, to uh, attend to as many per episode as we can. And viewer question time is brought to you by those who support us on Patreon. If you haven't already done so, check it out. Category, uh, blah, blah, blah. now you got me going. Sorry. Patreon.com slash category five. And on with viewer questions, if we uh, could get started. Yeah, that would be great. All right. First question of the evening coming to us from WMB from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey, guys. Wondering if you could give me an update on the show show program that um, we've been referring to in previous episodes. Has it started? Is there a specific URL? Any more info on that would be great. Yeah, if you head on over to the show show dot tv that's where you're going to find it episode one is up perfect uh, love to have you subscribe to our youtube channel that helps us out Mm -hmm. Uh, become a part of it Uh, get your comments onto our youtube channel uh, like the video um, say hey and uh, that's a really great way to to support us just by going there and uh, subscribing Um, so the show show dot tv Thanks for, awesome. thanks for the question. Love it. Um, in, in case you don't know what the show show is, that is if you're interested in broadcasting. I don't care if you want to do a webcast like this or if you want to um, broadcast your own videos on the web, if you want to stream your church services live on a Sunday morning. Awesome. Whatever it is yeah. you want to do, the show show is here for you to help you to um, use the smarts that I've gathered and accumulated over the years of, of doing broadcasting mm-hmm. since I started when I was 14 years old. Uh, and I'm much older than that now. <laughs> and, uh, and use that information and, uh, in order to save money and, and, and actually make it happen. So we've got some amazing suggestions. Uh, we've got some really neat ways to, to do broadcast, uh, broadcasting through the mm-hmm. web. And that's all done through theshowshow.tv. Very cool. Sounds good to me. Thanks for your question. Sparkly Balls wants to also note that uh, the show show is also on our Cody plugin, which reminds me, of course, it's also available on Roku. Mm -hmm. So if you have the Category 5 TV network channel installed, then, of course, it's there Um, and uh, and growing onto other platforms as well. So Cody, uh, it's uh, github.com slash cat5tv. Cool. To get that plug in. And That's of course, great. we're just in the Roku channel store, so you can just add us to Roku. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Another question coming at you from Sean from Florida. Hey, Sean. Robbie, did you do a how to video on hacking the D5 uh, 5100 for HDMI streaming? I can't seem to find the video that you had referenced in uh, your first backstage pass video um, that you did. I guess you did a shoot after hacking it. So I don't know if you remember that specific episode, but if people want to look up episodes yeah. in the past, 
That's pretty easy to do on yeah, our website. Yeah, you can search our website. Um, with, with this, of course, hacking the D5100, uh, I did do a little series at linuxtechshow.com. Uh, you can just do a, a search for D5100. It's a Nikon camera. Um, hello. Uh, what do you think of that camera over there, Adam? <laughs> Looks He's good from here. Us the big uh, how's up. it look to you guys? I don't know. Zoom in. Like, give us an extreme close-up. We close think up. it's pretty. Not of me. Of me, because I just have no pride. <laughs> That's a pretty good shot. I like That's it. That's a hacked D fifty one hundred. So that is a a cheap way to do good video, and that is something that is demonstrated um, at LinuxTechShow.com to some degree, but also through our partners at Magewell and uh, through the ShowShow.tv and as well uh, our friends uh, over at Nikon Hacker. We're putting together a series at the ShowShow.tv that is going to show you everything you need to know about hacking a D5100. Cool. Why would you want to do that? Cheap. <laughs> fantastic quality yeah it's amazing it's hdmi output it's uh we've got live view clean output but only because it's hacked it, of course if you buy one it's going to have all this stuff on the screen and yeah, everything. yeah yeah and uh and then we use it uh going into a magewell card to do live capture we do magewell instead of black magic because magewell allows you to fix the proportions because of course uh, a d5100 is not set up for live view output so it's not true it's not right. perfect 1080 like mm-hmm. it's not 1920 by 1080 it's something like 2000 by 1090 something whatever it is so <laughs> the magewell card lets us fix the proportions and the 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 actual um you know the stretching of the video and the mm-hmm. cropping of the video whereas the black magic card would just what you see is what you get and it's going to look it's going to really add 10 pounds because ah! it's or whatever it does <laughs> so so that's the show show.tv as well that's one of the things that we're going to be showing there which is exciting that will work cool. really well for a church we just have like a, a 200 is that a 200 millimeter on there uh, i think 200 mil perfect but it's a 1.5 crop factor so we actually get 300 millimeters of zoom on a 200 mil lens so if that doesn't make sense to you hey tune into the show show and it will all make sense beauty thank you for your question yeah thanks for the question we love it can i just say rev don wants to know how much does one of the magewell cards uh capture cards run it really depends on what you want to do and we're going to have all that information for you on the show show it varies because there it depends on where you are in the world which card you're looking at the card that we use mm-hmm. is the 4k hdmi input it has uh dual inputs and then we're also going to be looking at 1080p the new pro card which has the four hdmi inputs at 1080p so mm-hmm. you've got two by two both 2k inputs so you have four 1080p inputs so it really depends they've got some great stuff over there so cool. all right sorry Thank you. it's okay Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually a comment from Bo Diddley. Hey, Bo Diddley. <laughs> in response to um, last week's episode, 417, about um, a viewer had a question about printing just using the black ink in Linux. Yeah. So, Bo Diddley, why can't I talk? Bo Diddley uh, posted the information on YouTube. Cool. So, do you want me to read it? Sure, yeah. Okay. Rock it. So for your Canon printers on Linux. This is for Canon printers, okay. Step one, clone your installed printer and name the clone printer name uh, B&W, black and white. Okay. Number two. Oh, is this I see triggering where he's, a light bulb uh, yeah, here? No, I see where he's going with this. Okay. Right-click on it, select properties, then job options, and scroll down to the bottom. Third step, 
in the text box type what does this say? I can't even read uh, this. Grayscale. N grayscale. Something. CN grayscale. Oh yeah. CN grayscale. Uh, then click add button. And then lastly, once it's added, another text box will appear and above that you'll enter true and then click apply. So when you go to print, then you'll select the black and white printer. All right, that's cool. So, so he found these instructions just, just by Googling Canon Grayscale Linux. Cool. Um, so that's, that's a neat way to do it. Uh, you make a copy of the printer, set one of the printers to be in grayscale, and then you can just choose which printer you want to print to. It's the same printer, but one is grayscale, one is right. color. So it treats, it makes you think you're selecting a different printer. Now with the Epson printer, now I've just opened up a uh, uh, document here, um, which we just installed tonight. I can go file, print, and I can go through the properties. And you noticed there that we actually had the grayscale option. So see, I could do that on a per print basis. But what I do like about your solution is I could make a duplicate of my Epson printer, mm -hmm. the driver change it to grayscale, save it, and then I never have to manually go in and change it or forget that I had it set to grayscale right. and then accidentally print something and waste paper and ink. Clever. So that's kind of that is clever. Yeah. But I, I do like being able to show you, because in lieu of last week's, or in response to last week's question, yeah. um, that here we are on Linux with the Epson printer, and there, there it is in the driver to select grayscale mode, which uh, that's, that's cool. And we appreciate the comment there uh, from you as well. Thanks for sending mm. it in. That's great. We love it. We have time. We have I was like say, a minute. Uh, well, Go for it. Do it. I don't. I don't know, Can Robbie. You're putting me uh, under uh, pressure here. What do you think, Sasha? Should okay, try? hold on. This yeah. is a nice comment. Sasha says, "Go for it." Right, Sasha? Oh, I say, okay, "Go okay, for okay, it." You okay, can do peer it. pressure, guys. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Robbie, Sasha, and friends. I love Ubuntu Mate for Raspberry Pi. My question is, how to get? I can't read this. GPO. PNS working? Uh, the the GPIO pins. GPIO pins, huh? I've tried. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to install a Python pip and install RPI.GPO with no success. Is there any way to get the pins working? It's pushing me back. What's the package that he tried to install? Uh, uh, obviously, RPI.GPIO. That's, uh, that's the, the actual um, Python code to run it, but what version of Python? Does it say? Python dash pip. Oh, maybe that's it. You tried to install Sorry. Python dash pip. Do Python 3 dash pip. Try that. And then do an apt-get update and possibly an apt-get upgrade and then install again to make sure everything's up to date. And that's Python 3 dash pip. And then using Python, install rpi.gpio. So once you have Python installed, then you would type um, sudo pip3, three, three, space install, slash, and then uh, case-sensitive rpi, so capital rp, lowercase i, dot, all caps, gpio. And I okay. think that'll do it for you. But make sure you get Python running first, and then run that command. Okay. see how it goes. Let us know, okay? I'd love yeah. to hear if it, uh, if it helps question. you out. Um, and uh, that's cool. Well, you did it. You squeezed it in. You squeezed in that last question. I love it. squeezed it in. Way it. to go, Robbie. Way <laughs> to go. Ended the season with a viewer question with a right bang. like that. Uh, that is it for season eight. Can you believe? So are we going to take a small, like, a small break in between a seasons? A break? So, yeah. 
Yeah, like we always do. Like we, we always do. Never stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're Little back next day. week yeah. with season nine. Whoa. That's. that's- Six days away. That's a small little vacation. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's our break, so. folks. Yeah, yeah. And during that break, we're building you a new virtual studio. Uh, we're doing new graphics for the intro. We're doing new stinger graphics. We're doing everything. You won't new even extra. recognize how awesome it's going to be. And uh, also, next week, we've got a new co-host starting as well. Ooh, so, la la. Ooh. So don't miss it. It's been a fun season, gang, and thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting us this year. It's been an exciting and even scary time in a way because of the fact that here we are, we're paying rent, we're Mm -hmm. doing something that we've never done before, and uh, we're growing. And uh, with more viewers means more cost, and we appreciate everybody who's been pitching in. And Mm -hmm. even if it's supporting us through buying through our partner links, it makes a huge difference. And we appreciate each and every one of you. And thanks even just for watching because the viewers are, you know, what it's all about. And we appreciate sure. you being a part of our community. For sure. That's it for the season, folks. Thanks great week. for the memories, guys. Take care, we'll everybody. See you later. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.